Hello, Brenna. Hi, Maureen. How are you? All right. I'm okay. That's great. Yeah. Absolutely nothing going on that I can talk about. <laughs> uh, yeah, same. <laughs> I was, like, gonna joke, I'm like, we both have very exciting things that could be happening, but neither of us want to curse it, so. Yeah, because, man, last time I cursed it. <laughs> <laughs> so we're just gonna, we are just gonna keep our mouths zipped and talk about what books we're reading. Are you reading? Wait, 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 I'm going to the beach on Monday. Oh, fun. Go to the beach. Isn't that That's fun? I haven't fun. been to the Oregon coast yet, so. Oh. Go to the beach. Nice. So, yeah. That should be really fun. That's gonna be fun. Take yeah. Photos. Anyways, that's it. Oh. Cool. Yeah. I, I went will. to the Mung Hopefully. Marketplace today. Love that. Yeah. Um, Hobbit's going absolutely berserk. So if you hear him jingling in or bangering in, that's him. Reading anything? Um, well, I did actually read uh, The Prince and the Dressmaker oh. by Jen Wang. And I thought it was absolutely gorgeous. Very cute. Loved the color palette. Just loved the character expressions. So that was great. And then I also read another graphic novel, Camp Spirit by Axel Lenoir. It is, um, that it was her, um, English comic debut. She's a Canadian comic artist and her other, her other, um, comics have been in French. So mm. this is her English debut and it's about, um, summer camp counselors and it gets a little spooky and it gets Ooh. a little gay. Oh, and really? uh I like both of those things. <laughs> so I over overall I enjoyed it. Good. Yeah. I haven't heard of that second one. I will edit Yeah, it's one that I, I just went to the library and was just kinda like perusing shelves to just like what's catching my eye. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was pretty good. Pretty good. Awesome. Good art. Um, well, as everyone already knows. I didn't finish it yet. I'm about halfway through. I'm probably going to finish it this weekend. I'm reading Dewey, uh, the small town library cat who touched the world. Oh. Um, it's very good. I'm only like halfway through and it's already like made me tear up like a couple times. Like uh, when she talks about how she started to realize she had a special relationship with Dewey. Like she just always talks about how like Dewey um, has like a relationship with everyone because he's such a friendly and docile cat. But like she had a moment where she realized she's like oh i'm your mama aren't i and like that part i was like, <laughs> like and i'm and i'm usually working out on the elliptical when i'm reading so i'm like <laughs> so crying and crying running. on the elliptical uh but i as promised i did um take some notes um something mm-hmm. interesting uh about this is that it's it's set in the it's set like when it started in 19 uh 88 like during um the like farm uh the great like farm issues that started in the 1980s which is really interesting there's like the backdrop of like all of the Mm -hmm. um socioeconomic issues that the folks are paying or playing are facing um uh but what i found out uh to add on to the facts from the last time our cat fact is that uh, they paid with Dewey with a little, like, coin collection jar and buy recycling cans. So they just had, like, a feed the cat fund. This Um, was in Michigan, yeah? This was in Iowa. Iowa. Spencer, Iowa. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) they 
did like the way that they ended up having Dewey is like they literally like went to the mirror and the board and like slowly introduced the cat to everyone and like got them on the side and since they didn't have any ordinances yeah they didn't have any ordinances against it that's how they ended up with it um a quote that i appreciated was then there were the complainers uh there is nothing on god's green earth that someone won't complain about including god and green earth which i thought was very funny um i worked for a local newspaper i know (laughs) yeah i also appreciated the fact that the uh mayor was named squeege chapman oh i do love wait say that again please squeege chapman uh, first name spelled S Q U E E G E. So I am well. Squeege. Everybody better hope I don't have a kid because I'm naming them Squeege. <laughs> um, and also the most interesting part that I've noted is so the Dropbox theory, um, the box, the metal mm-hmm. box. So it he was put in there. And some more details I've gotten from the book was he, the reason he wasn't so warm is that a book had gotten stuck and like wedged the slot open. So more air, so stops, it didn't like, so the airflow kept coming and cold air kept coming in, which caused it to be colder. And something that they didn't see in, in any of the sources that they detailed in the book is that the, the drop box was in an alley which was right by the middle school, uh, the back alley oh. across the street from the town's middle school. So I, my theory is it was possibly someone too young to realize if they're trying to do something good, they were too young to realize that that wasn't a safe place. <laughs> like they did. Yeah. I, I could see a middle schooler being like, Oh, where am I? I like, can't bring this cat home. Like mom, dad will be so mad at me. Like, no, like my parents, my the library's be- warm. And yeah, this library is a little slot, to a cat sleep, a cat size library slot. Yeah. So, and she comments like, like stuff ends up in the Dropbox. She's like, I imagine video rental places have the same issues, but uh, once in a while we'd find a firecracker. <laughs> like they would just have a like a so yeah. It possibly it was someone like not doing something very kind, but I prefer to think it was possibly a middle schooler who found an abandoned cat and someone trying to do their best and they didn't think through the situation yeah um and apparently he sounded like an old man trying to clear his throat <laughs> when they heard the sound coming from the drop box um and thankfully no books were fell on um on dewey but they did like yeah. they were, like around him kind of blocking him from initial view so oh mm-hmm yeah, so it what I've learned so far, I will finish it this week and give my full review during the next episode. Excellent. Excited. Very excited. Mm-hmm. Because I'm Ember Heart. And I'm Tangotongue. And this is Warrior Cats. What is that? <laughs> left off with uh Brambleclaw saying this is really bad so this is probably what we're supposed to be doing (laughs) 
we this sucks so this is probably correct the last episode was kind of interesting because we we started off with spottedly making it weird of course yeah um, making it a with, bit uh, weird leaf paw and then we we got to we're in Feathertail's point of view now, which is so fun. Yeah. But we're literally like in prison, so we're not having like a lot no, of we fun. Got, we got. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. We're still we're still in, yeah, prison, we're still in prison. But they're like, we're hey, still the only prison. reason you're in this cave is because you're gonna freeze to death outside. Which yeah, because we're decent cats. Yeah, very it, courteous to a certain extent. We are imprisoned, um, and also. <laughs> We kind of had, uh, uh, yeah, Bramble Clock kind of did, like, the circular, kind of led us in a circle being like, oh, yeah. man, this is awful. But, hey, maybe this is how it's supposed to be. The badger said it'd be hard, and this is pretty hard. Yeah, we went from being like, man, that badger sucks, to th- maybe, maybe this is what, maybe this is what the badger meant. So... We're, we're feeling undecided about midnight again. I think we'll probably always feel undecided about midnight. Yeah, but also, but also, you know, maybe midnight knew about the lion in the mountain and, like, maybe a heads up would have been nice. Yeah, no, I agree. A heads up would have been solid. Would have been nice. Would have been appreciated. Yeah. All right, so ready for some arguing? Always. <laughs> oh, jeez. Yep. Alright, so Brambleclaw's like, okay. I think we're on the right path. So you say, Crowpaw sneered. Oh, he supposes it doesn't matter to Brambleclaw if a River Clan cat gets left behind. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Ooh. Those are fighting words. Well, Squirrelpaw asks, what does it matter to Wind Clan? She would have thought Crowpaw would be delighted Feathertail's brother isn't here to keep an eye on him. (gasps) That's so cruel. Crowpaw springs up hissing, and Squirrelpaw's eyes blaze. Guys, is this really the time? Like, we have so many other problems. Feathertail forces herself between them. She tells them to stop. They're making it worse. (laughs) She's right. And Tawny Pelt agrees. She says what clan they're from doesn't matter here. Four of them are half clan anyways. <laughs> okay, whoa! <laughs> Squirrelpaw, you don't get to say that. <laughs> no, Tawny Pelt. Tawny oh, okay, Tawny Pelt does get to say that. Well, she says maybe Star Clan chose them because of that. Mm. You know, working together. If they fight among themselves, they'll lose everything. Squirrelpaw steps back, and Crowpaw apologizes to Feathertail. And Tawny Pelt asks if they can now discuss plans without tearing each other apart. I guess. She points out that Stormfur wasn't actually chosen by StarClan. What if the tribe cats are right, and he is the promised cat? Tawny Pelt just put words to Feathertail's fears. Now, Stormfur isn't exactly what Feathertail would call silver. <laughs> he's actually a darker gray, kind of like Graystripe, like their dad. Like he's okay. like a he's like a, a dark gray. But he had come, as the tribe's ancestors had promised. Like maybe he's not quite silver, but he's here. 
Right, right. Feathertail asks if that means they'll leave him here. (laughs) Brambleclaw gives a determined no. Okay. He says, these are not their ancestors. Screw screw them. (laughs) These aren't our dead families. But they won't save him by fighting. They'll leave in the morning without trouble. Then they'll sneak back to rescue Stormfur. Okay. All right. A heist movie. A heist. A heist. I'd like to. I'd like to point out when we're talking about like what does like Brambleclaw like care about a river clan like what like a river clan cat like they probably don't remember this but they were in the nursery together. Yeah. Goldenflower fostered fostered Feathertail and Stormfur for some time. Like I don't know. They were. No, they suckled together. That yeah. doesn't really mean it means something to me. Probably like they were probably all too young to remember that. But as we saw with like Blue Star's prophecy, I guess sometimes they remember like the day they're born. Like, <laughs> I I would say it probably just has to do with maybe the writers like they kind of this is one of those things that no doesn't necessarily have to say consistent of how much they remember about being babies. Yeah. And yeah, also, but it means something to me. Maybe they, like, their childhood was pretty traumatic, so maybe they just have forgotten some of the details. Well, but, and during that, speaking of their traumatic childhood, when they did get rescued by Firestar and Graystripe, um, they trained as apprentices with Brambleclaw and Tawny Paw Pelt. So, like, they trained together. They, they lived with ThunderClan for a bit. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just saying... I'm just saying. I think Brambleclaw cares. Maybe they're oh, in love. Yeah. But at least they care. At least. At least. Well, Feathertail feels a flicker of hope. The cats gather closer. Crowpaw says that they still need to get into that inner cave. Tawny Pelt suggests that they can wait till it's dark. Squirrelpaw adds that the noise of the waterfall will hide their paw steps. But Crowpaw says he isn't sure. Haven't they noticed how the tribe cats are so used to the sound they can hear a kit squeak at the other end of the cave? Feathertail knows he's right. The dark and the noise may not even be an advantage to them. But she had to try. Stormfur was her brother. Of course. Well, Feathertail says they can leave her behind if they want. Crowpaw starts to say something, but Feathertail interrupts him. She tells him to try not to stop her. They need to get their message to the clans. They don't need her for that. Crowpaw bristles. He was going to say he'd help. <laughs> but if she doesn't want him... Oh Feathertail licks his ear. Oh, gross. Feathertail licks his ear and tells him not to be a mouse brain. Oh, she geez. apologizes for misunderstanding and tells him of course she wants him with her. I don't. Brambleclaw says... Brambleclaw says it's not good... It's not a good idea to split the party. Yeah, don't ever, never split the party. Don't split the party. It makes it hard on the DM. Yeah. (laughs) Well, they started this journey together, and they're going to finish this journey together. And that means Stormfur as well. They decide to eat and try to sleep, because they'll need their strength. And Feathertail is finding this difficult. She feels sick with apprehension. She tries to focus on her friend's loyalty. It's hard to imagine 
how they would ever be able to separate back into their different clans when they get back to the forest. How could she ever go back to her life without them? Oh, I love them all. Well, their lives aren't ever going to be the same. Like, they already kind of know everything's yeah. going to change. But I understand. I understand. Yeah. Feathertail tries to sleep, but she hears whispers. Oh. She turns and listens. There's no cat around. Feathertail oh, no. froze. They left us in the cave of painted stones. Now we're going to talk to ghost cats that we don't even know. No, no. Stormfur's in the cave of pointed stones. Oh, oh, whoops. They're, yeah, they're back where they were staying before in the oh, cave. Okay. But the voices are coming from the waterfall. And she tries to make out the words through the hissing water. The silver cat has come, the whispers seem to say. Sharp teeth will be destroyed. Feathertail argues back silently. No, they're wrong. Stormfur isn't their cat. He must come with them. And she doesn't know who she's arguing with. I like how she's arguing in her head with this waterfall stranger. Yeah. Feathertail waits for a reply, but the voices vanish among the roaring water. Wait, she waits for a reply from someone she wasn't speaking to? Yeah. Nice. <laughs> she's very tired and stressed. <laughs> it's, you know, it's fair, girl. It's okay. Had she ever heard them at all? Mm-mm. Eventually, exhaustion pulls her into a deep and troubled sleep. Feathertail wakes up to Craig shaking her shoulder and saying it's time to go. Her friends are also being roused. Stone Teller is standing outside the cave of pointed stones. He has cave guards flanking him, and it looks like there are more down the tunnel. The tribe is making sure Stormfur is too heavily guarded for any rescue attempt. Rude. Craig says they'll bring them to the edge of the tribe territory and show them the best way through the mountains. Brambleclaw asks, What about Stormfur? They can't go without him. This last attempt to free his friend was doomed to fail. <laughs> Pretty casual attempt. Yeah, like, oh, hey, uh, remember that other guy? Oh, by the way. Like, yeah, we literally had a whole thing about this yesterday, and no, you can't have him back. Nah. Craig is shaking his head before Brambleclaw even finishes speaking. Craig tells them that Stormfur's destiny is to stay and save them from Sharptooth. They will care for him and honor him. Brambleclaw, you gonna honor him? Mm. Mm. Maybe. Maybe. <sighs> Maybe. <laughs> the cats are <laughs> The cats are herded to the cave entrance. Crowpaw is limping from the blow he took last night. No. Feathertail asks him if he's okay to travel. Crowpaw says it's not like he has a choice, does he? Okay, Crowpaw, he whoa. Your attitude but sucks. But he turns to her and presses his nose to her muzzle and assures her that he's fine. Okay, well then, like, ask I mean, like yeah, it, kind of does. dude, what? Like, why? I don't, like, the guys who are like, I'm only nice to you suck. Because they're not nice. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Like, you're we'll not a nice dude. 
I expect you to be polite to my friends and also the servers at restaurants. Yeah, please. Like, cut the crap, dude. Before they reach the waterfall, someone calls Feathertail's name. She wanted to say farewell. It's Brooke. I don't have anything to say to you. Why, why don't you go, like, I don't know, go gaslight my brother? <laughs> She's sorry it turned out like this, but without her brother, Sharptooth would destroy the tribe. Feathertail looks into the pretty prey hunter's eyes. Brooke believes what she's saying, but Feathertail can't forget how her brother thought she was his friend. Stormfur didn't make friends easily. Being half-clan made it hard, like he always had more to prove. And Feathertail had watched Brooke win her brother's trust. And now she had betrayed him. And she'll probably watch him die in battle with Sharptooth for the sake of her tribe. Yeah, you suck, girl. D don't apologize to me. Actually, apologize to me and also release my brother. That's the only way yeah, to Yeah, also this... give my brother back. Like, what are you even talking about? Crowpaw urges Feathertail to come on. And Feathertail turns away from Brooke without a word. Feathertail doesn't hear the voices in the waterfall. But she silently vows that whoever they are, they'll come back for Stormfur. He's theirs, and his destiny lies far away from the mountains. Feathertail tries to study every landmark as the guards take them through the mountains. She's relieved to see that Crowpaw's injury doesn't seem to be bothering him, and Tawny Pelt is also managing well. Feathertail saw her wince a couple times when she had to jump, but she never complained. Because it's Tawny Pelt. <laughs> her leg could have fallen off like a few rocks and we ago wouldn't have and she's even not going to say anything. <laughs> yeah. She's tough as nails to her own detriment. Yep. And we love her. But girl, self-care. Yeah. Self-preservation. It doesn't even have to be self-care. Like, ask your friends for help. They want to help. Craig stops and tells them that this is the edge of their territory. From here, they will go alone. Feathertail can't wait to get away from the cave guards. <laughs> Craig points them to where they'll find a path to greener lands beyond, and tells them that they should be safe from Sharptooth until nightfall. And he tells them to go while they have daylight. Okay. okay. Craig, dips his, Craig dips his head to Brambleclaw. He says he wishes they could have met in a happier time. Their tribes have much to learn from each other. Squirrelpaw mutters that there's nothing she wants to learn from him. <laughs> After, like, literally yesterday, she's like, Whoa, teach me your cool hunting techniques! Well, and for once, it looks like Crowpaw agrees with her. They're like, yeah, we both agree. Screw that guy. <laughs> Brambleclaw shoots them a glare to silence them. He tells Craig he wishes the same, but they can't have friendship while they keep their friend prisoner. Craig looks genuinely regretful as he bows his head. He says it's their fate, and Stormfur's, just as their ancestors promised. The cave guards watch as Brambleclaw leads them up the slope. At the top, Feathertail looks back to see them still watching. Tawnypelt growls. They're making sure they leave. Yeah. Which means they'll be looking out in case they come back. Yep. <laughs> Crowpaw says that's their loss. If they need a patrol out here, they're crow food. 
and Brimblecore insists that they're gonna do this without fighting, if they can. <laughs> Again, he says for the millionth time, please, guys, can we not fight? You wish. They can't afford injuries this far from home. <laughs> and then, and, uh, Tony feels like too late. Like, literally way too late. But I guess you don't want any more. Valid. But for now, they should keep going to make it look like they've given up. On the other side of the rocks is a grassy hollow with a stream. The scent of rabbit is on the wind. They stop to rest and hunt while they wait to go back. Tawny Pelt offers to keep first watch in case the cave guards are still watching. She slinks through the rocks, silent as a mouse. Squirrelpaw is bounding down the slope already, calling out that she's starving. There's literally so much Crowpaw. going on right now. We stop it. Everyone stop it. Everyone check your attitude. You and Crowpaw. Well, Crowpaw grumbles that she'll frighten off all the prey from here to high stones. Feathertail watches Brambleclaw catch up to his clanmate. Their pelts brush. And Feathertail notes that they've become very close during this journey, even if they haven't quite realized it yet. <laughs> no chance, no way, I won't say it. No, no. <laughs> But, like, they're both singing it for some reason. <laughs> and Feathertail's just in between them, like, oh, jeez. He's like, I'm also here. I don't well, Feathertail... want to be here. <laughs> Feathertail offers to teach Crowpaw how to fish. Just in case he wants to catch any when they get home. She looks awkwardly at the ground. She says it'll be useful to know whatever happens. Crowpaw brightens and says, okay. And he looks like he wants to say more, but bounds down the slope after the ThunderClan cats. As Feathertail follows, her mind is buzzing. Her feelings for Crowpaw, her worries for her brother. But her and Crowpaw had plenty of time to figure things out when they got back to the forest. <laughs> I don't know if they'll be she like... Pushes yeah, figure things out. Uh, we've seen a couple couples tried. We've seen a few couples try to figure things out that way. And literally, all of them have ended pretty poorly. Pretty bad, pretty bad. Like, I don't think there's been, like, a fully successful inter-clan coupling. Like, there's been some semi-okay ones, but pretty much all of them have been terrible. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much so far. Well, she pushes away that voice that tells her that cats from other clans getting together causes nothing but trouble. Even though everything says... <laughs> that, voice that voice was me! That voice was me! That voice was Brenna. Feathertail's like, I'm not gonna listen to Tangle Tongue. That voice in my head. Shouting. I'm the voice well, behind the waterfall. <laughs> Stop! Get yourself a better person. Yeah, or, like, honestly, like, just realize it's hopeless, like everyone else who tries to do this. <laughs> like, give up before just you even start. give up on love. <laughs> love is gross. <laughs> give up. Ew. <laughs> like him? Like, like, like him? Ew. We're watching... My roommate had on the Princess Diaries too last night. I just sat there like, ew, love is gross the whole time. She's like, Marie, shut up. Let me watch. It's cute. I'm like, no. 
Anyways, all Feathertail should be thinking about right now is finding prey to get strength to rescue her brother. Yeah. Not Stop worrying about romance. boys, Feathertail. Yeah. Well, or worry about the worry one about boy boys, that really matters. Worry about specifically one boy, your brother. Yeah. She calls for Crowpaw to join her at the edge of the stream. And he settles in next to her, but looks into her eyes instead of the water. He says he knows he shouldn't ask this, but will she still see him when they get home? God. We, she, I like how paws. she's like, man, I'm, I'm thinking about Crowpaw. And then it's like, no, 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 I need to focus on my brother. And then as soon as she shows up, Crowpaw's like, hey, do you like go keep dating like do you want to go study more do you like do you like me do you like 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 me i feel like i feel like they've almost like already passed through the do you like like me phase okay you think they have okay they're trying to uh dtr define the relationship (laughs) yeah look to the future what did she say curlpaw looks at his paws he wants to be loyal to his clan but there's never been another cat like you, Feathertail. Oh, perfect opening. Crush his heart. Right now. <laughs> like, crush it like a bug. Yeah. Feathertail's pelt twinges with happiness and excitement, and she touches his muzzle with her nose. She senses that it's hard for him to believe that she likes him enough to cross clan boundaries with it's, him. It's hard for- it's not just hard for him to believe- it's not just hard for to everyone to believe. I'm sorry. I'm so We're a having a tough time. There's like someone out there who Crowpaw's favorite is their favorite, and I'm just like crushing them. There's both. a lot of people. There's a lot of people who really like Crowpaw. I it's the it's the it's the bad boy you can fix trope. I just it's just not my favorite. I don't understand the appeal. I'll try to stop harshing on him that hard, but also like he's like a young man at the worst age. Maybe if this was switched, if we had started this book in, like, her perspective and we kind of saw her develop her feelings maybe be different. It was hinted at Okay, we're going to keep, we're going to keep, like, going and um, there's going to be a spot where we're going to talk about exactly that. Okay. Okay. So. I have faith. All right. Have faith in me. Well, she tells him that she knows how he feels. They'll have to wait and see. It might not be so bad. With everything that's happening, everything will change. The clans have to come together. You know, she's Crow not Paul wrong. See... The end of the world does get rid of a lot of cultural barriers. <laughs> yeah. Like, the world is entirely ending for us, so we could hook up and, like, folks can't even really say much, because, like, oh, clan loyalty, what clan? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Well, Crowpaw doesn't see how that can change. There has always been four clans. But Feathertail says maybe always is going to change. Yeah, like if... Here's, here's like the optimistic outlook. Optimistic outlook, um, we save the clan, clans, all four clans, and they're all so grateful. All they're, like, they're like, okay, cool. Um, some of the warrior code doesn't apply to you guys. So we get to like hook up with whoever we want. <laughs> Uh, less optimistic view, either all of your clan or all of my clan dies, and I just get to join you. Yeah. 
Or, I mean, hey, Feathertail, you have some issues with your clan. You remember when they all wanted to kill you? Maybe you should just go to Wind Clan. Maybe everybody should go to Thunder Clan. Wait, I thought Crowpaw was from Shadow Clan. No, Tawnypaw's from Shadow Clan. What? No. Tawnypaw's from Shadow yeah. Clan. Yeah. Like, I think Thunder Clan would be the coolest. You know, Firestar's, like, pretty cool with taking in strays. Yeah. So, yeah, like... when it comes to, like, when it, and also for, for Feathertail, when it comes to, like, okay, which two clans want to be dead? It was Shadow Clan and River Clan. Um, so either Thunder Clan or Wind Clan would be pretty neutral. Yeah, yeah. I mean, ThunderClan, she's got two loving dads who saved her life, um, and would be welcomed there with open arms, obviously, because of that, because her dad's the deputy. Yeah. And WindClan, she'd probably be fine, but it'd be a little more hostile probably towards her. Yeah, like, a little hostile, but honestly, the hostility she's But probably fine. Yeah. And honestly, actually, Feathertail does have a little bit of Wind Clan in her. Oh, she does? Her grandma was half Wind Clan. Okay. Yeah, I don't know how I'm gonna. <laughs> yep, I believe you, because. I'm just saying. You have to. I mean, it's true. Can't wait for the, like, 50th extra book where we'll find out that story. Crooked Star's promise, it'll come. <laughs> Alright. Uh. Want to hit me with a cat fact? Of course I do. Alright. Come on. Come with me. We're, we're going to the library again. I'm coming. I'm coming. I'm coming. Alright. Uh, in my office now. Click. Alright. So we're in the office now so I can talk about it. Oh, normal. Welcome back to the cat fact library. Nice soundproof office. Yeah. Thank you. Um, So today we're kind of going to a library, but not really. Kind of. It was once a library. Just roll with It was me. once a library. Uh, okay. We're gonna go back to Russia. We're gonna go to Russia in 1741. Uh, oh, okay. That's a, that's a long journey. The- Should I pack a bag? Yeah, yeah. Because you and I are gonna about. Okay. Uh, we're about to meet the cats of the Hermitage, because the Empress of Russia uh, began her rule in. Uh, her name was Elizabeth. She began her rule in 1741. Um, she was 32. And she had already witnessed the rule of her mom, her nephew, her cousin, and then her great-nephew, who was a baby. And then once the baby was in charge, she was like, hey guys, I'm gonna take over, and took over with a bloodless coup. So no one got killed. She was just like, I don't think a baby should be in charge. Um, <laughs> she just literally picked up the baby and placed it off the <laughs> and throne. And took over. Um, she ruled until her death in uh, 1762. Um, she was only 52, but during her rule... Um, it was kind of like an age of enlightenment for Russia. She modernized the roads, encouraged advancements of education, and, uh, also helped pay for architecture, such as the Winter's Palace. The Winter's Palace in Russia had already, like, been built, but, like, it had been rebuilt and destroyed, rebuilt, and so, like, this was the, this is the actual Winter's Palace that still exists. And... Okay. uh, So she made the best one. Yeah, stick with me. Because it's still there. Um, we're gonna get to the cats. We're just taking a little bit of a journey. Okay. So... The palace wasn't actually finished um, until after she died, but during her life, she was like, guys, I have, like, libraries and books and stuff in this palace, but there's, like, a lot of rodents, and they're destroying my stuff. Um, And she wrote out an order. She wrote out an order and was like, get me some cats. Bring me some cats. Literally wrote it out, and the order said, need cats here, please. So... 
1745, there were uh, a couple of cats delivered. Uh, they believe they were from Kazan. Uh, the cats there were had a reputation for being good at catching mice. So there were royal cats brought in to help with the uh, rat problem and the mice problem. All right. So after Elizabeth passed away, um, and then after her predecessor was overthrown, um, <laughs> Empress Catherine the Great took over, and she um, started a large collection of art in 1764. And this eventually became the Hermitage Museum, which was part of the Winter's Palace. Like, there are sections of this palace, and part of it became the Hermitage Museum, um, which part okay. of it used to be a library, so that's where the library connection comes in. <laughs> It okay, all grows okay, around. Okay. Um, okay. And it, uh, the cats were still needed. Um, they helped keep the palace vermin-free, um, even as the museum opened up to the public in 1852. Um, and eventually, this museum became the largest art museum in the world. Um, uh-huh. And the cats there lived in the palace for generations. Uh, they survived the Russian Revolution in 1917, when the palace was stormed by the Bolsheviks. Um, however... The siege of Leningrad, which is modern day St. Petersburg, was a little bit different um, because during World War One and World War Two, and I couldn't get exact uh, details as to why. I will go into what we think happened, but um, pretty much the entire cat population was killed off, um, oh. and this was actually endemic throughout a lot of uh, like places in World War Two, World War One, uh, like in Britain. Huh. There was like. You know, if you don't think you can help your pets, like, before a raid, send them out to the countryside. And a lot of people just chose to shoot their pets instead. Um, oh, Jesus. Uh, there, There's also thought that some people killed them to try and stop infection, like lice passing from an animal mm. to you. Um, okay. Another possibility is a lot of them probably starved or were eaten by starving people. Um, so... Sorry, I will put in a. I should have yeah. mentioned trigger warning for death. <laughs> so sorry, I will. I will put in. I mean, we're listening. You're listening to Warrior Cats. You yeah. gotta kind of. Still, I will. I will mention. I will mention comes in, the territory. In the description. So after the siege of Leningrad, so kind of after the wars, the museum was almost in ruin. Um, they had uh like taken away a lot of the valuables. However, art was still stored there. Um along with furniture, communication lines, and rats had basically taken over, which also brought th- threats of disease. And these rats were like, I'm yeah. gonna eat I'm gonna eat anything that is here. <laughs> these were like these were like the rats from Sky Clan. Yeah, they were ready to destroy this museum. Evil. Um when this was found out, they decided a new generation of cats had to be brought in. So a train I believe it was two trains brought five thousand cats from oh my god Tumen, Omsk and Irkutsk um to to uh Leningrad aka St. Petersburg um and there's literally a statue dedicated to these cats in Tumen today like one of the cities it was they were brought from um and so those cats are now the new generation of cats and their ancestors still live in uh the Hermitage Museum today uh, in the 1990s, a program was established to care for the cats because they weren't really living in great conditions. They were just, like, allowed to wander mm. around. And they're like, this is not okay. We need to take care of these animals. Yeah. Um, 
nowadays like they're paid for partly from donations from the staff slash volunteers and outside donations from different organizations um they also Mm -hmm. have a cat day every year with activities and art of the cats to help raise money for their care um because after all the cats are considered by the staff to be museum employees um they don't they don't help with the rodent issue anymore because there's modern day poison and traps but they are a point of cultural importance and pride and history um, Mm -hmm. for a lot of people. Um, They mainly, right now, in modern days, they live mainly in the basement, which is well outfitted for them. Mm -hmm. Um, But they, uh, during the summertime, they're allowed to go out to the nearby embankment and, like, the little enclosed square. Um, And in Mm -hmm. the olden days, like, they were allowed to go walk around the museum itself. Nowadays, not so much. Um, And... The cats are pretty well taken care of. They have their own personal press secretary. Um, oh. <laughs> ma- many volunteers help care for them, but there are three dedicated caretakers. Um, a kitchen that prepares their food. Uh, it's noted that they all have different preferences. They might have liver, fish, a mix of grain, food. Oh my gosh. Um, and a small pet hospital is even established to help them. Um, oh, because, all right. Uh, since 2007 the hermitage museum has taken in cats who may need a home and they have like a dedicated ward for ill animals um the limit for the cats is approximately 50 like technically like they're only supposed to have 50 however since the cats kind of come and go there's a bit of a flux in 2013 they had like 74 cats total um from their records and the reason they know that is the museum uh, once a cat is, like, donated or uh, given to the hermitage or, like, shows up, they get a special passport, and they are spayed and neutered, um, depending Good. on what is needed to help uh, help with the or stop the overpopulation of the cats. Another strategy is, since 2015, um, they have set up a website to initiate adoptions um, of certain Oh, that's so cats. good. I was going to ask. And But it is not easy to get one of these cats. You have to go through a whole process. Oh. You have to be interviewed. Um, but if you do end up being passing as a good owner, um, you receive the, t- the status of a hermitage cat owner and a lifelong free entrance to the museum. Um, that's pretty cool. It's quoted that folks are like, it would be an honor to like have a hermitage cat as your cat. Yeah. And if you're interested... They do have an Instagram. They have their own website. I will have these both linked. In, oh, uh, obviously, they have a press secretary. I'm sure yeah. they have a social they, media They also manager. have a YouTube, but the YouTube doesn't seem to have been updated very recently. The Instagram is active, so they like okay. they updated okay. last in July, so not like crazy active, but pretty active. Um, YouTube has yeah. videos, but they're shorter. Um, but yeah, they it's it's just crazy interesting that these cats have technically lived in this museum. Uh, since the 1700s um it's love it it's it's now a new generation of cats unfortunately because of world war one and world war two but yeah they are still russian siberian cats mainly but it's like a mix of cats um and they all have their own unique personality and it seems they're very well cared for and uh it seems to be a local point of pride for a lot of folks that these cats are part of their uh, uh culture so I definitely, definitely I check out the that. links to the social media. Definitely uh, the, the website, like, makes my heart very warm because uh, there's the translation of what the cats say. And I just want to read it out. Uh, this is not, like, okay. it, it's not actually what it says because it's obviously a Russian translation. Um, but <laughs> they say, uh, so 
we are they are the invisible guardians of our cultural heritage non-regular employees of the state hermitage vigilantly making sure that the winter palace is not occupied by hordes of rats yes and it goes on and ends with the trouble is that the museum does not need such a large four-legged army and we give them a chance to find a real home to find their human this is the website that oh. is initiates the um, adoption. It's all in Russian. Oh. I don't think you can if get them unless you're not a Russian citizen. <laughs> but yeah, uh, probably not. They do have photos of the cats currently up for adoption. So they they have they have it uh, divided by cats, uh, kittens, um, and then they have another cat section. I imagine there's probably a word for like male cats, female cats in Russian. Because, yeah, like, the translation is just like home cats, cats, kittens. So I imagine <laughs> the tab is for different. So yeah, um, that is uh today's cat facts: the Hermitage Museum and their cats. I might be saying Hermitage incorrectly, but whatever. Pope. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, brother. That was beautiful. I love them. Mm-hmm. Well. Are we, are we gonna go Ready? back to our romance or? Yeah, we're gonna go back to fishing. Oh, okay. I feel awkward. I feel like I don't okay, want to like. This is like one of those scenes. I'm like, I don't want to see it. <laughs> so they go back to fishing, and Crowball hooks a fish in a couple of heartbeats. Feathertail pushes her nose into his shoulder and says, "They'll make a River Clan cat of him yet." His eyes are shining. It's like, are you proposing? Feathertail wishes. Feathertail wishes the rest of their companions could see this side of him, eager and enthusiastic. They could. The defensive. They could if he actually he let them. them. Yes, that's what I want to say. It's like that is not their fault. And I mean, Feathertail does say the difficult face he puts on for them. Yeah. Like yes, and so it's like you can't blame them. Like, yeah, he's kind of a bit of a little obnoxious tool. Yeah. Like it's like you should know, talk to not... him and be like, hey, you know. If you chilled out, like, a little bit, you might, like, have some more friends than just me. <laughs> and I'll say, I'll say, like, eventually Crowpaw does get his own super edition, and I like him in that. I like his super edition like, once he matures. I don't doubt that he has, like, a lot of stuff going on internally. Like, I don't doubt it. Yeah. It's just, it's just, like, right now, he is young, and he's just not his best self you know what i was not my best self we've said it before we'll say it again if you are 15 and you're not obnoxious you're doing it like are you 15 like (laughs) like are you if if you're in middle school even if you're in high school heck even up probably to your mid-20s you're gonna be terrible and it's just kind of embracing that yeah i don't like me from a year ago yeah (laughs) like we all evolve, and Crowpaw is just at a crappy stage mm-hmm. right now where we don't like him, and our view can change of him. Our view can evolve of him. I'm just surprised right that Feathertail has enough foresight to see the potential, because I sure don't have that. <laughs> like, good good for you, girl. I don't have that. Uh, no. No. Well, Tawny Pelt returns and says the cave guards have gone. She's still gonna stay on watch, though. Oh, cool. They have plenty of fresh kill to feed them all and take turns staying on watch. 
Clouds gathered throughout the day, threatening a storm. The last of the daylight was fading. Brambleclaw stood. It's time. Oh. Oh, we're doing this? Okay. We're doing this. We're doing this. <laughs> they follow Brambleclaw up the slope, and Feathertail notices how easy they are to spot among the rocks. Especially Squirrelpaw with her dark ginger oh, fur. Yeah, maybe we should and cover ourselves with mud. Well, and Feathertail's own light gray fur. Squirrelpaw suggests they cover themselves in mud. <laughs> Squirrelpaw, you, same hat. Yeah. And Squirrelpaw's like, like I, know, I can't learn anything from you guys. Girl, you literally learned that. <laughs> yep, mud. It should help hide their scent. And Tawnypelt looks at her with respect. She says that has to be the best idea she's heard in a moon. That wasn't... And Squirrelpaw's eyes glowed. I mean, yeah, it was a good idea, but, like, she got it from... Okay. It's fine. I mean, that's her idea in the moment. Right. She's like, yeah, cover ourselves it. in muds like the tribe kit cats right now. You know, let's do that right now. Mm-hmm. Tawny Paul's like, yes. And Squirrel Paul's like, I should fall in love with you instead. And we're all like, yeah. <laughs> We wish. Alright, so Squirrelpaw goes to the edge of the stream and starts rolling in a sticky patch of mud. <laughs> Crowpaw's whiskers. A woman after my own disgust. heart. Mm, yes. My wife. Mud, 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 mud. Crowpaw's whiskers twitch in disgust. Just the sort of idea she would dream up. Shut up and get in the mud, kid. Clever, though. He I'm shove him in a mud puddle. <laughs> they roll in the mud. Feathertail thinks that her pelt is used to getting wet. Crowpaw would be much more uncomfortable. But for once, he doesn't complain. For once. For once. See, that's like never a good sign when it says for once he didn't complain. She blinks fondly at him, remembering that he wants to see her when they get back home. And right now, she never wants to let him out of her sight. Huh. Covered in mud, they cruise back into the tribe's territory. Brambleclaw's nose is almost touching the ground, trying to follow their scent trail from this morning. Feathertail is trying to remember the landmarks they passed. But everything looked different in the dark. Crowpaw suddenly stops and pushes Feathertail behind a rock, signaling the others to hide. Okay, okay. The scent of tribe cats meet them. It's a party of prey hunters with their cave guards. They pass the clan cat's hiding place without noticing them. Oh, nice. Nice. Crowpaw teases that that makes twice he's saved her. And Feathertail touches her nose to his with a purr and tells him that she won't forget. Okay, yeah. Like, you can tell we definitely see something different because I just rolled my eyes so hard. They almost popped out of my brain skull. Um, And she was like, "Ah." It's okay, we hate love. Like, (sighs) I... (laughs) I can't wait for, like, a romance we can actually enjoy. I feel like we haven't enjoyed any of these romances. Uh, Leaf Paw and Mothwing? Oh, yeah, but that's, like, not canonical. I mean, I narratively like Brambleclaw and Squirrelpaw, especially at this moment. Yeah. We'll we'll see. I like Like, I haven't, I've kind I've enjoyed that, too. But I'm not enthusiastic. I know what the future holds. I don't. All right. (laughs) 
Brambleclaw takes the lead, and Tawnypelt brings up the rear to watch for any more returning hunting parties. They can now hear the sound of the waterfall in the distance. They stop at the top of the falls. A flash of lightning strikes the sky. The rumbling thunder can just be heard over the pounding water. A storm is coming. Oh. Maybe the confusion of the noise would help them, but it may also drive more cats into the cave. I don't think they really have anywhere to be but the cave, though. Yeah. So I don't, I don't think that's an issue. I don't think that's something they have to worry about. Let's go, Squirrelpaw mutters impatiently. What's what's the plan here? Another... We're just like, gonna run in, grab him, and run out? Like Another flash of lightning. Oh, okay. Just... Feathertail looks down. She thinks she sees movement at the end of the path in the dark. Oh no, it's gonna be a lion! What's that? Crowpaw had seen it too. The answer comes with another strike of lightning. Tawnypelt gasps in horror. For a heartbeat that seemed to last a lifetime, the shape of a huge tawny cat lit up. <coughs> it, slunk, it slunk along the path, pausing at the sound of thunder, before disappearing behind the waterfall into the cave. What?! Sharp Wait, tooth. did they all just leave? Sharp tooth. Are you kidding me? They all just le- Okay, I know this probably isn't what's happening, but it seems like they're like, all right, everyone, leave the cave. Um, Hey, good luck, uh, Stormfur. <laughs> Is that his name, Stormfur? Stormfur. Oh, God. Yeah. But, uh, re- really, I, it's probably more so... Like all the ca- All the tribe cats are in the cave. Oh, they turned around and went back in? Okay. Oh, that was them returning. That was them returning from oh, okay. hunting. So they were going Yeah, home. okay, so once again, my previous question stands. What is our plan exactly? I thought we were going to use opportunity, the fact that they had left the cave to, like, you know, go in and get him, but that now they're all back, so we're continuing to try and go and get him. Like, what? We're not that sneaky, guys. Terrible shrieks broke out over the noise of the rain and the pounding water of the falls. Feathertail sprung up, every instinct telling her to flee. But Stormfur is in there. Her brother is in danger. Come on, Brambleclaw says. The clan cats stare at him in disbelief. Down there, Crowpaw asks? Is he mouse-brained? Brambleclaw is already bounding down towards the entrance. He swings back around and tells Crowpaw to think. With Sharptooth in the cave, no cat will notice them. Oh my god! This could be their only chance to save Stormfur. Lion murder. Lion murder is how we're going to save Stormfur. He doesn't wait for the others before leaping down the rocks. Crowpaw says he still thinks he's crazy, <laughs> but he follows. I am. I have to agree with Crowpaw on this one. This is pretty nuts. Yeah. Feathertail plunges after them. The rocks are slick with rain. The shrieks grow louder. Terror surges through Feathertail as she thinks about what will they find. Sharptooth could already have his teeth around Stormfur's neck. Feathertail skids into the cave and stops behind Brambleclaw. Clouds covered the moon. 
making the cave impossibly dark. Sharptooth seemed to be everywhere at once. Massive paws pounded the ground as he sprang from wall to wall. <laughs> what kind of cat? Okay, it's a, it's a mountain lion. I forgot. It's a mountain lion. Right, yeah. Blood splattered his pelt and saliva dripped from his jaws. There was no way Stormfur could take on this beast and survive. Yeah, we know. Dun, dun, dun. <sighs> All right, Sharptooth is in the cave. Sharptooth has entered and is this bouncing building. around like a, a like a <laughs> like a little like a, a spring, like a little bouncy ball. He's just going wall to wall, being like, ah! yeah, boing 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 like boing you boing. Think, you you know most I, I don't know a lot about mountain lion hunting mountain lion like hunting techniques, but you think they're like, oh cool food, snap go. But this cat's this big cat's like, I, no, I like to play. I like to play. This is fun. Maybe the cat, maybe he doesn't understand. Maybe the, maybe Sharptooth is just trying to play, and he doesn't understand that he's big and scary. Like I know he's eating other cats. Like I know that that is happening. But I think it'd be even yeah, yeah, funnier really if happening. he just keeps accidentally killing them by playing too rough. Oh, uh, I know that's not what's happening, It'd but be pretty rough. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yowza. Yowza. Yowza indeed. Yeah. It's rough. It's I. <laughs> I know it's like very scary, but um, the <laughs> the uh. The, the visual of the cat bouncing. <laughs> a lot. It's a lot. Blood splattered, drool flying. Yeah. But, you know, Bramblecole's got a plan, and the plan is, well, let's hope it doesn't see us. And we're gonna go in. Hopefully it'll take just the, eat take those advantage cats of it, and I not guess. these cats. I, well, like you said, what better chance are they gonna have? Because like you said, they didn't really have much of a plan. They're like, I guess we're going to try to sneak back in. And they already kind of admitted that, like, you know, the dark, like, the tribe cats live in a cave. They probably see better in the dark than they do. Right. And they're used to having the constant waterfall noise, so they can probably hear a lot better than they can. Yeah. So a giant murderer bouncing around a cave... Is gonna be their best yeah, shot. Yeah, probably as good as it's gonna get. <laughs> Actually, pretty good timing. Thanks, Sharp Tooth. Yeah. Oh, thanks, man. Or something. Well, folks. Yeah. To keep up with us, like we are a giant mountain camp ba- bouncing wall to wall. Um, you can follow <laughs> us on Twitter uh, or Instagram. Our handle is WCWITCast. Or if you want to contact us a different way, you can contact us uh, by our email. It is wcwitcast at gmail.com. And if you want to help out the podcast, the best way to do that is to share this episode with a friend. Be like, hey, there's awkward romance. There's a cat jumping around that's ready to murder you. And Russian cats that live in a museum. So, like, something for everyone. Yeah. Really. All the best things. <laughs> um, and there, are, there isn't any awkward, like, ghost lady we kind of hate. So... Or rather, have, have a lot of issues with, I should say. We uh, we have very complicated feelings. Very complex emotions around her. Yeah. Like, anger at the lost potential. Anger at everything her character does do. Um, yeah. Anyway, anger that it's not mm. Yellow Fang. Uh, 
Thank you guys so much for uh, listening. We very much appreciate thank it. Thank you. Because I'm Ember Heart. And I'm Tangle Tongue. And this has been Warrior Cats. What is that? Mm-hmm.